first, I want to tell you a story. Um, how, how many speak Spanish here? Do I have any Spanish speakers? Joe, my man. Joe better start learning that Spanish, right? Andale, pues. Angie speaks Spanish, but that's, that's, that's cheating. So when we were recently in the States, um, we stayed with Angie's family. And Angie's family, um, uh, we were in L.A. at the time. And we were at Angie's uncle's house. And we were, we were planning to go camping. It was the very first time the boys had ever gone camping. And we did probably one of the most American things you can possibly do is we had s'mores. Do, do we know what s'mores are? Emma knows what s'mores. Pete, Pete's not sure. You, you roast marshmallows. And so on, in the fire, so we had a fire in the camp. And where we camp is we camp right on the beach in San Diego. There's, there's like a camping spot, and so they've got a fire. And so um, we, we were roasting marshmallows, and, and you put some chocolate in the middle, and you put like, kind of like these, they're called graham crackers, but I, I don't know. They taste a lot like wine biscuits, I was noticing. And you bought some wine biscuits. It's a lot like graham crackers. And you just kind of make a sandwich, and you, and you eat it. After about one bite, you're probably good. It's a tasty bite. Um, but the boys, we had such a blast. And so we were going to go camping. But my brother being my brother, he, um, he messed the whole trip up because he scheduled a job interview at the wrong time. So they were going to be really late. But they were bringing all of our tents. And they were bringing all of our bedding. And they were bringing a lot of really important stuff. And so we were in San Diego by ourselves. And so I thought, you know what, it's okay, we're going to make this happen. So before we left, we were on our way that morning, I was wanting to ask Angie's uncle to borrow a tent. Now, I, I can speak Spanish pretty well, but I don't know all of every, every word. And so I've already forgotten now, so I'm just going to ask, how do you say to borrow? Prestar. So what I needed to ask Chicas and I practiced it, and I practiced it, was, can I, can I please borrow your tent for the camping trip? So, me puede prestar la carpa por, por el vie, viaje campando, or, that was horrible at the end, don't worry about that. <laughs> but I'm just telling you how much I needed to focus on this to be able to, um, to ask Chicas about the tent, because they had got the tent open, and my boys were running in and out of it with their cousins, and they were having a great time. And I, it looked like a big tent, and I said, hey, this is, this is going to work fine. And so, but I was really focused on, okay, I need to learn how to ask him. Angie can speak Spanish. She could have gone and asked him fine. But whatever, I wanted to ask him. And uh, he doesn't speak any English. And so I went and asked him, and he was the nicest man. And he looked at me, and he said, oh, sure. And I, I didn't understand where th these vibes were coming from, but I said, okay. And so we got there, and I unloaded the, the, the tent. We packed it all up really nicely. And as soon as it was all up, we were in our camping site in a city by ourselves. The, the door didn't have a zipper. And I, and I realized that was probably, he was like, I don't know why you want to borrow a tent without a zipper on. But I want to talk to you about this morning, that how we can miss the boat completely when our focus is sometimes on the wrong thing. We're going to be talking about just a two-part series this week, Faithful. Faithful. And the first point is this, being faithful with what's in front of you today leads to fruitfulness tomorrow. Being faithful with what's in front of you today leads to fruitfulness tomorrow. Luke 16, 10 says this, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. The thing that was on my heart to talk about today was to hopefully give a sense of encouragement of how much God has for you today. I think 
a lot of us have dreams, have aspirations, we have desires. Maybe, maybe if we even put this church in the context, we have dreams and aspirations of what this church could do or what it could be. You have dreams of where your family could go, what it could be. But the thing that the Holy Spirit, I believe, was impressing upon me so strongly is how much you have right now currently. How much is right in front of you right now? How, how big of an opportunity you have at lunchtime? How probably the person next to you on your right and your left, there are so many opportunities, God-ordained opportunities that he has for you today. This idea of being faithful today. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. Now, I, there was just a couple of thoughts I wanted to share just even to start off, because I don't think anyone intentionally says, God, I want to ignore all of the opportunities you have for me today. I don't think that's where our heart is. I don't think that's where our intention is. But there's a couple of things that I looked at that I, I think possibly can, um, cannot help that. Do I have any fellow procrastinators in the house? Emma, thank you. I've got, I've got one. Murray's almost with me. It was a half a hand. He was procrastinating, even putting his hand up. <laughs> procrastination is so easy. And, and I think my procrastination comes from a really good place. The things that I want to do, I want to do really, really well. And so I want to give my very best time to things that are really important. So I will get all of the menial tasks done. I can just power through those, even if they're, I, I can get through those. But those things that need the most amount of time, the most amount of space, and I would even suggest the God moments. Because you, you just want it to be just right. You want, hey, God, I know you're wanting me to talk to this person, but I want to just go and talk to them when it's just like just right and the sun's just come up and like there's my, my, my Bible's open to the right scripture. And procrastination happens that way for me. But by the time that I'm finally ready to actually engage in whatever it is, this important thing, I found that all of my time is gone being taken up by the menial things. Procrastination being faithful today. So I was just looking at how many of us can be robbed of opportunities just because we're just, we're waiting for too long. The, the second thing I was looking at is very aligned with that, that idea that we're focused just like the story of the silly tent. I was focused on the wrong thing. I was waiting maybe for the perfect scenario. And I, I have in my notes, this is where we so, I mean, we really need the Holy Spirit to be our guide to be able to be faithful with what is in front of us today. There was just, there's some examples. I love this. This happened last night as I'm trying to put the boys to sleep. Um, Archer looked at me and he just, he wanted me to scratch his back. He said, Daddy, can you scratch my back? I said, no, Daddy's working. I was just finishing up a couple of notes for this morning. And he sat there for a while. And rather than focusing on going to sleep, he said, Daddy, I wish Jesus would give you three hands. I said, this boy is... He's thinking. But the problem is, he was engaging his brain. He was staying as awake as he possibly could have. What the Holy Spirit was trying to tell him is go to sleep, not give daddy an extra hand. But how many of us, I honestly believe, our focus is, is, is somewhere here, and we're saying, and it might be, I wish my wife would do this. I wish my husband was, was here doing this. Or, or God, I, I've been really wanting to get this job for a really long time. And I'm just, I'm wondering why. I'm going to do everything I can to be able to get this job. I'm filling out my resumes. And God might be trying to teach you something in that, in that interim period about why you're not able to get that job yet. 
He might be trying to put something in you that's going to enable you to get there. But oftentimes our thinking is so set or so focused on something that's not a bad thing. But I was looking at what robs us of being faithful today. I think procrastination can rob us, but I think often it can be our focus points are simply on the wrong thing. And that's where I put in sub, the subnotes how important it is to let the Holy Spirit be our guide. We just, we think, we think we know what it is that we need to learn, but I can't tell you how many times when I've been in a season and the thing that I needed to learn to kind of move into that next season was not on my radar. It just wasn't a part of the, of the big picture. And I really want to encourage you today, even if you take nothing away, that this is, this is one of those thoughts that was deep on my heart. What is your focus and what could possibly God be teaching you that maybe your focus is not on? Like that silly zip. Check to see if the zips work on the tent. And then one of the, one of the other things that I thought, and there's obviously not an exhaustive list, but was fear. Fearful can take us away from being faithful. I think fear often sends us in the wrong direction, the opposite direction. Fear of failure, fear of pain, fear of the unknown. But again, I just want to come back to this idea. What has God placed in front of you right now? Where is your wife or your husband or your partner at right now? Where are your kids at right now? Where are your coworkers at right now? What is in front of you that God is calling you to be faithful with today? As I was spending time just on this topic, and again, even if, if thoughts of, of roast lamb for dinner tonight come in after this, if you take away this one thought, the potential of what could be created got me so excited, so passionate, that if, I don't know how many people are in the room currently, and if we just translate that out to the kids, because hopefully they catch it too. But can you imagine if each one of us walked out with the potential of what God was calling us to do just today? The amount of, that's exciting. That if even Angie can catch what is God calling her to be faithful with right now? I was just watching, I was watching just some of the transformation of my boys and just where they've come to. And I, I, I'm like even proud that Archer's like thinking through Jesus, give dad an extra hand. Like he, he, He's thinking through some of those things, and there's, there's something building in him, and you see that it's built over time. But there is not opportunities tomorrow. There are opportunities today. And I think one of the things that I think we minimize, because where was, my focus was on the wrong thing. Our focus is sometimes on what we deem as significant or not. Wherever God is leading is significant, and that's why I think we're talking about this idea of, of being faithful but being so important to be led by the Holy Spirit. There is something in my spirit that wants to impart to you today the significance with which God has placed inside of you to do amazing, amazing, significant, valuable things. Our, one of our core values is we highly value people. Why, why is that one of the core values? Because people are priceless. And you're, not, you're priceless just because you are. You don't have to do anything. God made us just that way. But I just want to impress upon you the significance with which you carry. 
one of the themes that we had such a, I, I think we had such an amazing time at eldership meeting. And we were getting stirred up. We almost got Pentecostal up in there. It was, it, was, it was a good time. And you know, one of the things, and I'll share it with you now, that we were starting to share was, was this one word. We started off the year and we were in a season of growth. And we really believe that growing personally and, and, and adding to our numbers. But the thing that, I, that we were praying into in this next season is, is this one word. And the word is influence. Influence. Influence needs to be understood and influence is rooted in the fact that you have value. That, that every interaction that you have matters. That you truly are a son and a daughter of the king and that he's given you things to be and to do. One of the reasons why we're so passionate here is because we've caught a little bit of the potential of what God's people carry. I was reading some old notes from a conversation that Bruce Billington and I had, and it, I'm going to have to, we'll do some sermons on it soon and just unpack it. I was getting so excited about this idea, and we've talked about it so much before, but expressing the kingdom of God, and that the power is already there and it's already available to us. It's just our mandate to express it. That is not someone else. That is not in a perfect scenario tomorrow. That's not when you have to wait until you're perfect to be able to release it. But today, God has God-ordained opportunities again and again and again, waiting for you to express his kingdom. You are significant. You are valuable. And you might be like, yeah, 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 I know. If you know, take it and run with it. But there is something in my spirit that's pausing to say, be faithful with what you have today because it's significant. Faithful before you can be fruitful. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man will abound with blessings or woman. And as I was, as I was just, again, spending time in this, in, this, um, in this space, praying before God and seeking him, we all know the verse, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What, is that, what does that say? The harvest is right in front of us. The harvest is there to be reaped. But sometimes it just doesn't look like what we want it to look. Can I tell you that in the church today, in this church, the harvest is plentiful. It's no less plentiful than it ever was. In your family, no matter what circumstance you're at, no matter what point, the harvest is plentiful. There's, there's different seasons when God is calling us to reap and to, to, to sow seeds, but there's always something to do. There's always something intentional to do. And I just want to impress upon you the significance of today. God is waiting, yearning, longing to reap the harvest, but that means being faithful with whatever portion he has asked us to sow today. We, can just, we just cannot know or understand that which he's building in us or in the lives of others, so we simply need to be faithful today. God is wanting to use you as you are. He is wanting to mold you, but that requires faithfulness from us to begin. This is what I was looking for. I love Mother Teresa, a quote from Mother Teresa, do small things with great love. Do small things with great love. I saw another quote that many of us want to do great and significant things, but we underestimate the things that it takes to get there. 
Being faithful with the right things leads to fruitfulness tomorrow. Being faithful timely leads to fruitfulness tomorrow. Being faithful by conquering fear today leads to fruitfulness tomorrow. One of the last thoughts that before I move on to the next two points was this idea of being faithful in prayer as well. That prayer comes before the produce. If being faithful comes before engaging in this fruitful endeavor, let us not lose sight of prayer. And I think folks that have lost sight of prayer have lost sight of the influence of what God has for you and for me. We pray because there's a need or there's a reason. I want to implore upon you the need and the reason is there are so many significant opportunities each and every day that you need the Holy Spirit. You need to be in contact with him to be able to engage those. Otherwise, you're going to be worried about talking in Spanish when you should be worried about zipping up that tent. It was a chilly night that night. Angie and the boys slept in the car. They rejected my tent. Prayer before the produce. When you go without touching base with him, you will find yourself fearful, focusing on the wrong things, and maybe even procrastinating. Cool. The next point. Faithfulness leads to freedom tomorrow. Faithfulness leads to freedom tomorrow. And I just want to read out a passage from David and Goliath, a great story. 1 Samuel 17, says this, And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and, took a lamb, and they took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him. Has anybody gone up and hit a lion in the face? I love this next part, and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. That would be an amazing TV show. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Where, where this entire sermon series came from was from this idea right here. The battle in front of you is more important than you know as it's setting up so many more battles ahead. Goliath was not David's first rodeo. I always, you know, I, have you seen some of the videos of David and he's like, like four foot nothing and he's got like a little stone and like, hey, I, I wasn't there. I can't attest to exactly what it looked like. But if this guy was grabbing lions by their beards and striking them down, my goodness, it doesn't put it into different perspective, the story of David and Goliath. This was not someone that was untested. This is not someone that was unproven in what he had done. We often want to conquer our Goliaths, but are you conquering your lions and your bears right now? David was faithful and caring for his father's flock. If it, if it was my dad's flock... And like a lion came and already had one in his mouth. I'm like, that lion's probably gone. Yeah, his beard is going to be safe today. That lion is okay. You, you may go. But the word says what? That David chased after him once he'd already had it. And he grabbed him. He struck him down and grabbed him by his beard. What does this say to me? How faithful he was with what God put in front of him today. That faithfulness led to him being able to conquer Goliath. 
It wasn't a one-off. I, I sometimes had pictured David was just this gnarly dude, and I don't know what happened on his walk to go deliver bread to his brothers, but like he got some pep in his step. No, he had been faithful with what God had brought in front of him, faithful with what God had brought before him, and he was now able to do what God had for him. His faithfulness of relying on God was at the forefront as he had trusted on God in the past and he knew he could rely on him now. So I'm not putting it all on just David's strength that he learned how to be a ninja warrior and kill lions like that. But in the fact, what? He said, my God is the one that has delivered me. He has proven to go through the fire when God has called him to go through the fire. And so when, when the Goliath moment comes, he's able to step into that. If you haven't been already doing that, there's no way you can go after Goliath as the majority of the army wanted no part in that big beard. But let's fast forward a little bit. First Chronicles 24 through 8. And after this, there arose war with the Philistines at, at Gezer. Then Sibachai the Hushthite struck down Sippai. I should have just cut all of that out because it doesn't matter. Who was one of the descendants of the giants and the Philistines were subdued. And there was again war with the Philistines and Elhanan, the son of Jer, struck down Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was again war at Gath where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number. Archer's been praying for that guy. And he was also descended from the giants. And when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, struck him down. These were descended from the giants in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Goliath had brothers. How many of you, I mean, for a long time I was like, man, David just, he won the battle. The battle's been won. He took down Goliath. How many of you know if David didn't go after Goliath, there's no way they could have gone after Goliath's brothers and the guy with 24 fingers and toes. You don't have to try and win the entire war right now. You just need to be faithful with what God is calling you to be faithful with today. Any war on addiction, on lust, on pride, on disappointment, on whatever it is, God is not calling you to defeat it today. He's calling you to be faithful with what battle he's calling you in today. And where he's leading you. I think one of the things is, I sometimes don't trust him. I'm like, God, I see a path over this way a little bit better, better than that one over there. So I'm just going to see if this door is working. No, that door is not working. Okay, God, my bad. You know, I'm coming back over here. How many of you know, we get overwhelmed with sometimes the things that we deal with in life. We get overwhelmed with possibly a child that is walking far from God or in, that's in health circumstances, whatever it is. I want to implore with you the power that being faithful today carries. That David first had bears and lions and he was faithful with that. Then he was faithful with what God called him to do with Goliath. And then he was faithful to continue when there was Goliath's brother and there was, there was other crazy big dudes. The battle in front of you today, sometimes I think we're just like, ah, I just can't be bothered today. Ah, whatever, I'm giving up today. It's not just about today, but it's about what being faithful sets up for freedom tomorrow. God, it says in his word that we're moving from one degree of glory to another. That happens as we're faithful with what he's brought in front of us today so that we can step into greater degrees of freedom.
It is so important. I was thinking, can you imagine being in Joshua's shoes walking around the wall of Jericho? Man, like day four and a half, I'm like, oh, come on, God, this is crazy. But faithfulness today means freedom tomorrow, means victory tomorrow. I believe we often miss what God has for us because we haven't learned what he's teaching us today. The last point, faithfulness today allows others to follow tomorrow. Faithfulness today allows others to follow tomorrow. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture here, but I was so encouraged by it. Acts 4, verse 1. And, it, and this is right after, well, you'll, it gives enough context. And as they were speaking to the people, this is Peter and John, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already nighttime. But many of those who have heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what, by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God had raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. In verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were amazed. Just pausing. I think that scripture is good to read out no matter what the context. I just, it's so good. They were faithful to what God had called them to do in the face of tribulation. And you know, I, I think some of these stories can feel far off and distant, but just imagine being arrested and imagine boldly declaring the thing that they don't want to hear, knowing that punishment, death, whatever is, is on the way. And, and we probably hear these stories too much, so we just get so sens desensitized to them. But what, and then I think in our Western culture, it's so easy for us to shy away from even the, the smallest amount of uncomfort when sharing our faith or when doing what God has called us to do, or maybe it's not sharing your faith, maybe he's trying to bring you out of something, and it's just, we don't have the boldness to go there. And one thing that I just wanted to pause and say, that this, and I love the point that they were uneducated common men, meaning they, there was nothing necessarily special about these guys. They didn't have a degree. They didn't, they didn't have to, to have these certain boats in a row to be able to, to go where God was calling, to, calling them to go. Verse 18, so they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. 
Verse 23 goes on to say, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. Verse 29 goes on to say, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They were faithful with what God had entrusted to them, what he had shown them. And then the thing is, they went and shared it with others. And they prayed for boldness. Holy Spirit falls. They're all filled with boldness. They're off like a race. I want to fast forward to Stephen, Acts 7.51. Stephen gets put in front of a very angry, raucous crowd. They're not very happy with him. And I love, I love his response. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. He needs to tone it down. It seems like he might have caught some of that boldness. Do you know that boldness wasn't caught by himself in a corner off somewhere? It probably was. I mean, I'm sure he probably had some radical times with Jesus. But if we just rewind back to where we were just saying, and where did the ultimate boldness come from? Jesus dying on the cross. But I want to encourage you that faithfulness today leads to others to follow tomorrow. It was in Peter and John being bold in the face of no matter what the situation was. They stood in faith. They were faithful in what God had brought in front of them today. And then you fast forward to Stephen. And what happens is he's carrying a boldness. I mean, that's, I wish I had the language that some of these guys had. Powerful. Now, when The crowd heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And Falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Why why is Stephen significant? I'm just going straight to chapter 8. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him, but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men, women committed them to prison. And hear this, Acts 8 verse 4. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Those who were scattered went about preaching the word. There are people waiting for you to walk into faithfulness today so they can too. Regardless of what is in front of you, be faithful to what God is calling you today. For others will follow, and then they will follow so much to places where you cannot go. I looked at this passage of scripture, and I apologize for all of that scripture, but I I love the picture that's painted. 
Peter and John stand up and are faithful with what God has put in front of them. They didn't cower. They boldly declared the gospel. Then what happens? They go and they share it with other folks. They get just Holy Spirit whacked with boldness. Stephen comes along and filled with the boldness, filled with the Holy Spirit, declaring who God is. And I love in the face of it, he says, God, forgive them for what they've done. The, the example and the faithfulness of what they're carrying in spirit and in act is amazing. And the legacy that they were passing on for those to follow was not one of vengeance, was not one of, of anger, aggression. It was so powerful for his actions today because he was faithful with what God brought him today. And I love that it says, and it, it, it actually repeats it a couple of times later in Acts, and it keeps referring to, and Stephen was that focal point for the gospel being spread. But, and it also continues to repeat that verse four sentiment. Now, those who are scattered went about preaching the word. They didn't go scatter in fear. This is a church that was being persecuted but being faithful today allowed for the flourishing of the gospel tomorrow. I can't highlight enough the significance of you being faithful today. You need to see the influence that you carry for those that are going to be following you. You need to know the influence you have in every time you gather together in a meeting. Every time you sit down to dinner with your kids, the influence that you have, they will follow. And I just wanted to rewind back to get David. First Chronicles 28, these were the descendants from the giants in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. I love that. That David's faithfulness to go through the lion, the bear, wasn't just to make him top dog, top king. As he defeated those battles, what did that pave a way for? One of them was his nephew that went and got him. Some of them were his other servants. As you come to victory in areas of your life, that is paving the way for others to come to victory. As, as, as he's knocking down the doors, of, if it's addiction, if it's whatever it is, broken families, whatever it is. Sometimes I think, Lord, I want freedom for myself. But faithfulness today allows others to follow tomorrow. There are people currently right now waiting for your faithfulness to step into their, their freedom as well. What has God given you today? What has he given you right now? Stop minimizing the opportunities, the relationships, and the things that are in front of you right now. Don't minimize the opportunities, the relationships that are in this church right now, in your families right now, in your work right now. God has you placed perfectly right now where he needs you to be. And he guides you, where you when you're not supposed to. He closes doors and he'll make a way. But how significant is your influence right now? Be faithful with what he's given you.